Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with The Local Station. Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Going Ringside. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Just having a lot of fun with this show. This is our latest episode. Please continue to spread the word about the show. We're trying to get the word out there, that it's out there as it continues to grow and our numbers and our notoriety continue to build. But if you know wrestling fans, uh, we want them to know about it and come check us out. And I know the last few episodes, we've you know, we've talked a lot wrestling with uh, Shamrock, Butterbean, and the other wrestlers. But, you know, we haven't just done full wrestling. So we're going to get back to what we're known for here at Going Ringside and talk to uh, one of the legendary wrestlers of all time for decades, Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, before we talk to Abdullah, I want to uh, give a shout-out uh, once again to our social media channels. Go follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Going Ringside right now. Check out, we're putting exclusive content there all the time. So hope you can give us a follow there and stuff that's not, uh, you know, here on the podcast, you will hear at our Going Ringside TikTok and Instagram pages. So thanks so much. Um, today we're going to talk about the man who is, I guess you could say, known for being hardcore before anyone else really was hardcore. Or very few people were, and that would be Abdullah the Butcher. The madman from Sudan. He was billed as being from Sudan, but actually he's not. He's from Canada. He's, uh, I think, from Ontario. And, but, you, but he was always portrayed as just that scary, monster-like heel. Um, just round as he was tall, with the, with the, 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 the spiked um, boots and the, the pants all the way up to here, and his forehead, which is iconic. If you look at Abdullah the Butcher's forehead, go look him up right now, you'll see all the indentations all through his forehead from all the blade jobs he's done over the years, just cutting himself in hardcore matches all over the planet. Abdullah has been just really well-respected guy um, for so many decades, and he fought on almost every continent, I'm assuming, and just doing it for so many years. Born back in the 40s, got involved um, up in the Northwest, and then eventually took on that Abdullah the Butcher gimmick. And he's one of the guys who I think was known everywhere in the U.S. and around the world, but not for WWF. He never made it in WWF. Uh, we even talked to him about that in this interview that we're going to have with uh, Abdullah about um, that he did so well in places like WCW and in Asia and in Europe, um, just all over the place as this great character all these years, this hardcore guy. Uh, when I did the interview, he, he took a, we took a photo together and he put the fork in his mouth, which is what he's so known for. That was his weapon of choice. And the person who was with me asked, why does he have a fork? I'm like, that's Abdullah. He, gouges your eyes out with it. You don't want to mess with Abdullah the Butcher when he's got a fork in his hands. Um, and I was excited after the interview. After the story, the interview rolled, he's like, can you roll the camera again? I'm like, sure, wh whatever. So we start rolling the camera, and he puts me in a headlock. 
and it hurt. It was awesome. So I was excited that Abdullah put me in a headlock. Um, but we talked to Abdullah just about how he got his start. Now, Abdullah's not in the great health right now. He, he needs a new hip. He is trying to get uh, you know back up and mobile again, but he, he's got some health concerns right now that he's working through. But Abdullah has just absolutely been one of those guys. When you think of hardcore wrestling, like in ECW in the 1990s with the barbed wire and the blood and everything else, Abdullah the Butcher was doing it before that. He was doing it with guys like Mick Foley in the early 90s when he was Cactus Jack, and they were just being brutal with one another. And one thing I want to talk about before we get into it, which I bring up, so there's a lot of wrestling that's just awful that you've seen over the years that fans just look back and go like, what was that? That was just horrible. One of the matches that's always looked to was, I think it was... Um, Halloween Havoc for WCW, maybe 91 or so, when they did this Chamber of Horrors match. They built like this enormous cage and had all the monsters and the good guys, Sting, the Steiner brothers, Big Van Vader, El Gigante, the guy who was 7'7". They had uh, Scott Hall was, I think the Diamond Stud was his gimmick at the time. You had Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher. So how did they end this match? Because it was Halloween and supposed to be scary in the Chamber of Horrors. At the end of the match, they bring in an electric chair in the middle of the ring, and the guys strap Abdullah to it and, like, electrocute him in the middle of the ring. I think there's a website out there called WrestleCrap. This is one of those ones they talk about on WrestleCrap, when Abdullah the Butcher was electrocuted in the middle of the ring and then he comes back to life or whatever and beats up the guys i talked to him about that match because it's one of those ones uh where abdullah was the guy who lost by being electrocuted uh look up the chamber horrors match you can probably find it on youtube without too much trouble but here is our interview with icon legend hardcore originator abdullah the butcher well, we are excited to be joined now by Abdullah the Butcher. Oh, I got to get the fork in hand and everything. Still, oh, to this day, iconic, iconic. Abdullah, thank you so much for joining us. How have you been, sir? I've been good. The only thing I need is a hip replacement. My body's good, everything's good. And I'm glad to be here with you. Well, thank you. We're so glad to have you today. You've been in the news lately. I've seen articles all over the internet about you. Tell me what's going on in your life. Uh, and which way are you talking about? Well, they're saying, I think I've seen articles about needing medical care or financial issues, but I don't know what's real. It's on the internet. Tell me what's going on with you. Well, I need, I need money, number one, for, for my lawyers. And uh, that's it. That's it? But my other stuff, I don't want to come into it. Yeah, you know, I understand. So talk to me about how you got started. You have been wrestling as long as almost anyone. Uh, I'm 82 years old, and uh, I've been in the business about a good 60 years. My oh, goodness. Five years. Where, were you, where did you start out? Where were you originally I started, from? I'm from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Okay. But I used to, uh, the people used to say, where are you from? And I would say, me, me. Um, cartoon, cartoon, Sudan. But Sudan. Now, yeah, but now I say me, cartoon Sudan, Windsor, Ontario, huh. across from Detroit, Michigan. 
Right. How did you start the Abdullah the Butcher gimmick? Did that come out of the gate, or did that develop over time? I was in, uh, um, a promoter wanted me to come to Seattle, Washington. Okay. So George Cannon, who was Crybaby Cannon, he's the one who took me up there. He said, they need you, they need you. He said, that they're going to do so much for you. He says, but my car is broke. We'll go in your car, right? So I went in his car. I get to Seattle and they jump up and say to me, uh, Abdullah, can you do us a favor? I said, what's that? Can you put this guy over? I said, damn. To myself, I came all the way from Canada. To Seattle, yeah. To go to, to the company to Seattle. To, uh, okay, no problem. So I get in there, I do my what I have to do. And all of a sudden, the people, I'm causing a riot from there. And the people, the promoter come running down the thing. His name was Harry Ayan. He come running down the thing. He said, tell Abdul, and he said, tell uh, the butcher, tell the butcher to go over, to beat him, to beat him. The guy said, Abdul, he said, beat you. Well, what's your finish? I said, well, finish. I said, elbow, right? So I beat him with the elbow. Then I rolled over on top of him, and me, 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 beat, right? Then I go to Vancouver. So the promoter was Rod Fitton. And Rod Fitton said, hey, my, my, my partner called me and said, uh, you pretty near caused a riot. So he had to do some switching. I said, yeah, he says, uh, but let me tell you, now we got, I, I said, he said, we got to find you a manager, plus we have to change the name. We got to find you uh, okay. a manager. So he said, my partner said, Abdullah the Butcher. No, he said, he said, Butcher. He said, but we got to find an Indian name for you. But there's a lot of Indian mob ones up there. So they jumped up and they called me. He says, Abdullah. Abdullah the Butcher. That's all I can do. How did you go from that to becoming nationally and internationally famous? What what was the real jump for you? The real the real jump for me. Uh, I used to see my mother scrubbing floors, and I swore I said one day I'm going to walk in that funeral home and tell my mother get up. She worked in a funeral home? Yeah. I, I, I get up. I said, come over here. I said, you're not coming back here no more. And that's where I took my mother out of there. Yep. What were some of the first angles or matches that really got you really well known? Every match I done got me over. Really? Because I, I the way I wrestled now, I was wrestling the same way. I was I was crazy. And people seen I seen me wrestle, they were getting something different. See, I was different, and that was it. When did you develop the fork gimmick? Honest John, was my manager, said to me. He didn't tell me, but he had the form in his pocket. He said, Got the form to me. I started using it. called the riot. From that day on, that was it. 
So when you never went to WWF, is that right? For, uh, for, uh, for Vince McMahon. Hogan, me and Hogan was in Japan. We sold out seven days straight. Sold, sold, sold. He said, Abdullah, listen to me. I'm going to get you into New York. And I says, okay. He said, but you're not going to wrestle nobody but me. And I'll make you so much money, it'd be unbelievable. I said, he said, what do you want me to do? I said, okay, go ahead. He talked to Vince. Vince called his, his employees in and said, uh, what do you think of Abdullah the Butcher coming in here? He said, he's going to use the gimmick and, the, you know, all the crazy That was it. They cut it. You eventually worked a lot with Mick Foley when he was young. What was Mick, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack? Cactus Jack, to me, was like a god. That's one guy I respect. He took the craziest bumps. Yeah. I, I chased him all the way up to the uh, to the stairs in the, in the Omni, right? And I gave him a karate chop. He, he came all the way down. Boom, 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 boom. I said, he's got to be dead, right? And I go down there, and I, I went to touch me. He said, don't touch me. Right? I said, you okay? You okay? He said, yeah, but don't touch me. He wanted to make his first move himself. Then I done the same thing with him in the cage match. He is up on top. I hit him with the karate chop. Went, he was the best. In the early 90s, there was a Chamber of Horrors match where they literally electrocuted you in the middle of a cage. Tell me about that. They couldn't beat me, right? So they had to come with another gimmick. So they jumped up, and uh, I'm up there doing my stuff. Uh, Dusty Rose was the uh, booker. He said, I, I, got, I got something heavy for you. He says, you're going to do this. We got you in the thing, the electric chair. You're going to grab the guy. You're going to put him in the, in, the, in, the, in the electric chair. But Cactus Jack will, you holler up the Cactus Jack before he can turn the button, push the button. And I had him, and at the, he, he, he turned me around real fast. Uh, pushed me in there, and he pushed the button, right? They locked my, my wrist, my, everything. And also, I'm, I'm being electrocuted. The next thing they thought they were going to do was have me carried out. Okay. So they had about 12 guys coming down there in white jackets. And I'm like this. When they opened up the door, I went, ch -ch 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 boom, hit this one, kick this one, beat them all up, knocking them off the stage and shit. So all of a sudden, uh, Jim Barnett told Dusty Rhodes, you thought that you were going to kill him, but you couldn't kill him. <laughs> he killed everybody in the thing because he, he beat 12 guys coming out of the electric chair. And that's the way it went. Any heart injuries, your forehead is iconic. 
How does that happen? Is that the fork or is that other stuff over the years? It's a lot of stuff. When I used to beat my head up against the pole, when I used to take, I took everything to beat my head, something like that, and that was it, but I don't want to mention the other gimmick. You don't want to mention the other gimmick, I understand. But do you, when did you officially retire from in-ring work? Because you wrestled a long, long time. Well, I was in Japan. I dropped the elbow on a guy, right? And I, I covered him. One, two, three. The referee said, Abdullah, get up. Get up. I says, I can't. And he said, well, what's wrong? I said, I think it's my hip. So I, I, I rolled off the guy, and I rolled to the thing, and I, I told the, 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 the guys out there, I says, grab me, and I'll be fighting you, but take me to the dressing room. And that's the way it happened. One of the matches that's always interested me about you, and I, it was, it seemed odd, Zeus, Tiny Zeus Lister. They had you wrestle at one point with this guy who was a novice. What, what was the, what was behind that? How did that come about? I don't know how they booked that match, but the main part, when he was, when he was hitting me, it seemed like a sledgehammer was hitting me. Oh, he was. Ah, I said, whoa, shit. And he cut, ah, ah, I said, take it easy. But we had, we had a pretty good match, but it was good. Who were some of your favorite performers to work with? Well, number one was Bruiser Brody. Ah, uh, yes. Me and Bruiser Brody would go all over together, wrestle, and stuff. And every time that, uh, that, when me and Brody hit the ring, if we didn't get the money in front, Brody would say, Butcher, I'll watch the front door and you watch the back door, right? Because the, 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 the promoters would jump up and try to sneak out when we were inside. All of a sudden, the guy went to sneak out. Brody says, there he goes. And we start fighting all the way out to the back door and we met him at his car. Brody said, hey! Where's our money? The guy said, oh, I'm going to give it to you. No, give us the money. <laughs> who are some guys who are still around who you like to work with? I like to work with everybody. I'm telling you, guys, yeah. Yeah, um, Terry Funk, he's great. He was a great worker. Uh, Terry, you had um, like Cactus Jack. You had uh, you, a, a lot of the wrestlers. There's, there, there are a lot of wrestlers that I would like to wrestle, and there's a lot of them. Well, Abdullah the Butcher, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Abdullah the Butcher. You said, who would I like to wrestle? You know who I would like to wrestle? Who? Channel 4. Oh, God. Oh, my Channel God. Four. Abdullah the Butcher's ah. got me. Ah. Ah. I wish Bruiser Brody was here to scream with me. Ah, this really ah, hurts. Colin Sullivan, who used to beat me up. Sullivan! 
So it's so exciting to have Abdullah the Butcher join us. Abdullah is just a great guy. He was very nice, very enjoyable to speak with and sit down and talk to. And uh, just trying to get, you know, his hip replaced and, you know, get back and more mobile again, 82 years old. But still just an iconic figure in wrestling. So I wanted to bring a guy on who we've had join us on the show <clears throat> a few times. That would be Joe V. He's an anchor with KPTV out in uh, Portland, Oregon, and he knows everything you need to know about pro wrestling more than anyone I've ever met so I want to bring Joe V back on the show to help us break down um, the impact of Abdullah the Butcher's career as just a global legend and a guy who was just known for being blood and gore and hardcore on multiple continents Abdullah was a name that was feared on so many continents here's our interview with Joe V on Abdullah the Butcher Joe, what's Abdullah's legacy? He never was um, in WWF, WWE that I recall, but he was still legendary for decades. Yeah, uh, he was one of the scariest figures of his era. I mean, he was the epitome of a monster heel, a terrifying monster heel. I mean, the guy was close to 400 pounds. Uh, you never knew what was going to happen. Unpredictable, you know, whether it was wrestling uh, Bruiser Brody or, or somebody else, it was going to be, there was going to be blood. <laughs> you knew that yeah. with those giant grooves in his head. So, um, why you know, did strong, that happen? Why, where did I get that from? I, I could the only one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dusty Rhodes had a variation of that, not as not as pronounced as Abdullah. Nobody had it quite as pronounced as Abdullah. I think it's just years and years of cutting yourself, and and he was um, an expert at it, and that was the expectation. You know, Abdullah the Butcher, uh, the Sheik, the original Sheik, these kind of guys, when they came in, uh, you knew it was going to be chaos, bloody chaos. There was going to be weapons. Abdullah was going to bring out the fork. That was the expectation. He was huge in areas like Puerto Rico where they really liked blood, uh, it, you know, throughout the southern United States as well. It was just – that was the era of wrestling and blood, and there was nobody scarier. I mean, he embodied this, this terrifying character from the Sudan. Now, we've all heard him. In later years, it was like you realize, oh, he's just a guy who can, I believe he's from Canada originally, and he speaks English just as well as you as I, you as I. But, you know, this was an era when there was still a lot of mystery behind these characters, right? The curtain wasn't peeled back, so we really didn't know what this guy was like. He very well could have been this non-English speaking psychopath from the Sudan. I mean, I had never been to the Sudan. Most wrestling fans hadn't, so we, we just kind of took it at face value, and he sure seemed crazy. So uh, it was it was believable and, and you know pretty terrifying. What do you uh, think about the fact that he's still with us? He's still going. He's eighty one or something like in his eighties. Are you yeah. surprised Abdullah is still here with all the stuff he's been through? Yeah, you know, I guess that's true. I can't figure it out. I mean, there's wrestlers that you know, are no longer with us that passed in their 40s. And then you've got a guy like Abdullah who abused his body and abused the bodies of others for yeah. decades. And then you got a guy like Jake Roberts who is, is still with us despite all the abuse he heaped on himself. So I can't figure it out. I mean, that's, so, that's one of the sad, uh, sad mysteries of professional wrestling is why some wrestlers are no longer with us. I happened to see it the other night. Do you remember the, I think, Tower of Terror or whatever in WCW? Yeah. So, where, 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 
let me set it up for our viewers. So yeah. uh, WCW at an early Halloween Havoc just makes up just, I don't know if they were drunk on a Saturday night and thought this would be fun. They put everyone in this like three-tier steel cage, Abdullah the Butcher, Mick Foley is Cactus Jack, Scott yeah. Hall, El Gigante, Vader. I want to say Sting was in there. And then Steiner's too. The match, they literally yeah. electrocute in yeah. an electric chair. An electric chair, yeah. Abdullah the Butcher. What did you think yeah. of that? I didn't watch it live. Uh, you know, this was... Uh, before I could, you know, I was probably, I don't know, in middle school. So we weren't getting every WCW pay-per-view back then. Um, you know, just kind of emblematic of that era. <laughs> you yeah. know, not just not just about Abdullah, but that was the kind of silly stuff. I mean, not that wrestling's not silly now, but that was the kind of silly stuff that they would pull, especially WCW back then. They were kind of just throwing stuff at the wall, see what would work. And I guess they figured it was this dramatic kind of, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they fried a guy in the electric chair on live television. Um, you know, shock value, literally, I guess, is the idea there. Yeah. Well, Joe V, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. All right, man. So that was our interview with Joe V on Abdullah. Abdullah, just one of those iconic guys. One of the, the thing I always remembered Abdullah the Butcher the most for was his time, uh, you know, alongside Mick Foley and WCW in the early 90s. Um, he did a, a variety of things through his life, and I want to see when he retired because there was some pay-per-views in the late 90s, early 2000s, where he would, you know, um, do some pay-per-views, some one-offs, but he didn't make it too much further. Um, but he had a retirement ceremony um, during the giant bob over in Japan, 20th anniversary memorial show. That was at Sumo Hall in Tokyo. So he's just been everywhere. Abdullah, one of those guys who never made it in WWF, but he made it everywhere else. He was a feared, incredible performer. Everywhere he went with a look that you cannot mistake. He stood out in a crowd. Wherever you go, you recognize Abdullah the Butcher. So we're so overjoyed for Abdullah to join us today on this latest episode of Going Ringside. And thank you for joining us today. We'll be back here for another episode in not too long. Once again, tell everyone you know about Going Ringside who likes wrestling at Instagram, um, TikTok, and then, of course, you can find the full episodes at uh, YouTube, at Spotify, Apple iTunes, all those places, and, of course, our home website, news4jacks.com. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Going Ringside. This has been Going Ringside with The Local Station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on News 4 Jax Plus, as well as the News 4 Jax YouTube channel.